T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first. Oh, T to G to I to F to F. Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. I'm Brother Luke Garwicki. I'm Brother Andrew Tori. And we're so excited for this episode of the month of May. That's right, May 1st. May 1st is the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. That's right, and it's the first day of the month of May, dedicated to... Our Mother Mary. That's right. And so our theme today is actually going to be, speaking of Mary and Joseph, about the family. Yeah, very The ap- parents of the Holy Family. Very apropos, Brother Luke. Because we're all stuck with our families, for better or for worse, in quarantine. Yep. And so it's the perfect time to appreciate the gift. That's right. Plus, we're all probably kind of getting a little impatient, right, with each other, and we've all been stuck together in the house. And so it's good to get a little bit of fresh new life, you know, to our to our families. But first, Brother Andrew, what have we been up to since last episode? Well, since the last episode, Brother Luke, we've had we had Holy Week. I think we were one of the few places in the world that was able to celebrate Holy Week with Mass and all the ceremonies. We're very blessed to have a chapel in our house yeah. and to have so many priests that are available for the sacraments. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it was quite extraordinary. Also, I, I um, as as our faithful listeners know, I'm involved in the music ministry here in the seminary, and we've had a, we did a lot of practice. And our the best piece that came out by far was Handel's Alleluia at the end of the Easter Vigil. I'm a witness, and it was glorious. It was it so was mu- beautiful. it was so much fun. That the brothers really did a good job. We practiced. We practiced belting out those alleluias throughout Lent, actually. <laughs> it's kind of funny because whenever in the seminary when you have to practice songs, you always have to do it ahead of time, right? So while everybody's, you know, like living Lent, you know, solemnly and, you know, penance, we, we have to start living Easter kind of before. So, but, but we had a lot of fun. It was great. We, we sang really well. The brothers did an, an excellent job. And then after, at the end of the vigil, I think we ended like at 12.45 or something. It was really late at night. We all went to the kitchen and had some carrot cake. Nice. It was great. And who made the carrot cake? Brother Luke. Obviously, I was. We know. We know who our we special know who chef made it. is. That's right. It of was the, great. Of the two, it's not. It's not good if it's me who's in the kitchen. Uh, and then, yeah, for Easter, also one of the things I really thought was special this year. So we celebrate Easter for eight days as as Catholics, uh-huh. right? So we have the Easter octave. Mm-hmm. So we well, fifty days, right? All oh yeah, the Easter, Easter season, right? Just exactly. to, it's longer than Lent, okay? <laughs> and we had. Uh, each day divided up and dedicated to a certain country. We have brothers, international congregations, so brothers from all over the world. And so one lunch was cooked and prepared by the Colombian brothers. Right. And the next day was the brothers from Mexico. The next day was right. the, my favorite one. Well, I think France wins. France, yeah. It was, it was spectacular. They created this Eiffel Tower of made out of cardboard and aluminum foil. And in the Eiffel Tower, they... They sort of um, attached different toothpicks, like like desserts called profiteroles. I don't know if you if, are, if they're like they're like cream puffs, right? It was delicious. It was it was really well done, and it was also a really creative way to deal with. Um, there's no, we don't have any employees here working. We don't like we most of our most everybody's uh, on lockdown, so it's like, what do we do to cook? And they came up with a genius idea. Well. Let's let's let the brothers loose. Let's let's see them in action. Exactly. Any any time you can make like working sound like an exciting thing. Yeah, it's a good idea. That's it was great. Then people do a good job. Yeah. 
Um, so without further ado, without we're going to get ado. into our episode, and we're going to introduce a special guest we have with us today. So A very special guest, Brother Luke. Oh, why are you using that Irish accent? Oh, maybe because our special guest <laughs> is from Ireland. <laughs> so Father Hugh Ryan is here with us today to help us go deeper in this theme of the family and of marriage and the beauty of this sacrament. That's right. Uh, he's been a priest for almost 45 years. That's right. In December. And Praise he has God. a younger brother who's also a legionary, which is pretty cool, Father yeah. Dermot Ryan. And he was, we could go on a long time about his, all the things that he's done as a priest. Yes. But he's also, he was pastor for almost 25 years at our parish here in Rome. And now we have the grace of having him at our house, at our seminary here, yep. as spiritual director. Confessor. Confessor. Yep. So Father Hugh, do you want to give a word of? A word of welcome or an Irish joke. <laughs> well, I am an Irish joke, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I've been locked up for the last 50 days with these guys. <laughs> and it has been uh, uh, a tremendous experience. And you can understand that any way you like. <laughs> um, we lived the Holy Week very specially, very warmly. We were just ourselves. There was no public present. They couldn't be present to the public. But the whole world was present because we were thinking of the suffering people all around the world yes. in this uh, period of difficulty and this uh, crisis uh, at a worldly level. Our brothers come from so many different nations and each of their own countries have their suffering. And so we share it all together. We share it all together very specially um, because we have the privilege of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Yes. And in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we get strength. Every day I celebrate Mass. And um, in the Mass, I think of all those who are sick, those who are dying, and uh, the relations of the people who are sick and dying. Well, um, I'm very happy to be here. I don't think I'm very good at this. I'm used to the <laughs> working with people in the parish, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. Oh, it'll be it'll be just, wonderful. Um, it'll be wonderful. And I just want to introduce. So the the idea of this episode, uh, we were talking. I've been studying, getting ready for a canon law exam I have coming up. And it's on various sacraments, the Eucharist, confession, but also marriage. Mm -hmm. And there's a super long list, it seems like, at least for me to memorize for my exam, mm -hmm. of laws and restrictions and rules and guidelines in order to get married validly in the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's the most complicated sacrament <laughs> by far. And so I was thinking, why like, why is there so much red tape that you have to get through? And actually, I mentioned that to Father Hugh um, just a couple of days ago and saying, Father, like, it seems like there's so much, you have to make so much effort to finally get to the altar and say, I do. And he said, well, you know what I used to tell my, my parishioners is that, yes, we required you to fill out all these documents and we have these pre-marriage courses you have to go to. Uh, and it can, it can seem like a lot, but that's because we're hoping that it'll be so much for you to, to get through it once that you'll only do it one time. <laughs> so, um, but uh, just with that said too, as I was continuing to read, I realized that Maybe it's because the church is trying to protect something very sacred and very beautiful. And that's why today's episode, we want to talk yeah. about that aspect of marriage and the family, is that aspect of beauty. And the sacrament of matrimony, as many or all of you know, is making Christ's love for his church present. So Christ who died on the cross and gave himself completely, 100%, totally to each of us uh, and to his bride, the church, is actually present in the love of a man for his wife and vice versa. 
that's a beautiful thing. And so no wonder yeah. it's not something we take very lightly. Um, yeah, and that's why our episode is called Family Smatters. Family <laughs> and what, Smatters. what is a smatter? Family Smatters is bits and reflections about things that really matter. That's there a smatter. That's what a smatter is, and we're applying it to the family. Just bits, bits and reflections. Bits today. and reflections about the family. That's right. That sounds great. Sounds terrific. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to exactly. it. Pope Francis in Amor Cetitia had a line I really liked. Um, it says, the church needs to learn how to speak the language that will awaken, especially in young people who maybe marriage is getting delayed a little bit more these days. Yeah, sure. Speak to young people to help um, awaken their generosity and their courage to make a lifelong commitment because that can be a scary thing. Yeah, and not and that not only for marriage, um, for all sorts of vocations. Like we're and and we'll probably we'll get to that towards the end of our episode, right? But um, but all sorts of vocations we're afraid of closing doors. We're afraid like d- to decide in Latin decidere means to to cut off. From something, we're afraid of cutting off paths because we like having our options open. Um, at least that's something I felt, you know, as I go through my vocation. Because it's yeah. like, oh man, I'm not going to get married, you know. Ooh. So yeah. saying, yeah, saying yes to one thing uh, is, yeah, means saying no to others. Other things, that's right. But uh, Father Hugh, I guess I, w- I wanted to see if how would you express what is the greatest happiness in a marriage or in a family? Well, uh, I can speak about uh, uh, life in the parish. And, uh, you know, some of the most beautiful moments, many, many beautiful moments, but some of the most beautiful moments are when uh, a young man or a young girl comes into you and they're radiant. Uh-huh. And you say, "Way, what's up? And they say, I've fallen in love. <laughs> and uh, they're, it's, just, it's just spectacular. Yeah. The smile, the joy... That they found the person, and they're they're living in an unreal world. Really, they uh, it's it's just the first moment that the seed of the most important thing in the life of every one of us, the discovery of love. And that's why God made us to love. God is love, and He put He gave us freedom. Sometimes people ask, like, why is there suffering? Why is there evil? Why is there sin mm-hmm. if God is good? Yeah. Well, he made us a certain way. He made us free so that we could love. Uh, that's... Yes, and the school of love is the family. Yeah. And the school of love is the family. It is a, a man or a woman who give themselves to one another on the style with which Christ himself, God became man, and gave himself to us. So love in marriage and in family is the donation of yourself to make the other person happy forever and ever. That's because beautiful. we're born to love. We're born out of love. And um, if we let God, if we get loud, let God loose in our lives... No, he drags us, he draws us, he encourages us on to this mystery of love. Hmm. And it is to bring us to heaven. And heaven isn't anything else but the embrace of love. So, Father, I want to I cut in there and ask you a question. Yeah, so away. Were you, one of the things that Pope Francis says in Amor Sejice, I thought was very interesting, is that Marriage and family is not an abstract thing. So sometimes we can talk about it 
And it's so beautiful for me studying canon law and, and seeing that the love of a husband for wife is Christ's love for his church. But in the day-to-day, you have other, you don't see that necessarily. You're living a certain reality which has tensions mm-hmm. and there's struggles Patience. and there's bills to pay. Um, so where is the happiness or where is the joy in that when it you come down from what's theory possibly and what's reality, but mm-hmm. what can seem far off? And you get into the day-to-day commitment. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're in a very special time in the history of the world, the coronavirus and uh, the great suffering that it has produced and that it will produce because of an economic situation which is threatening terribly. Well, I had a couple in the parish and the last economic crisis, which was uh, Mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. 2008, right? 2009. Yeah. And um, I remember a fairly well-to-do family. They had their house in the mountain. They had a house on the sea. They had their cars and they were living well. They were good people. And um, the crisis set in and he was called to the bank and he was told that he only had debts and that he had lost mm. everything. Oh my. And um, he arrived home. He called his wife. She sat her down and he said, I just want to let you know that I've come from the bank and we have lost, I have lost everything. I've lost even our own house here is been taken by the bank. So I've lost everything. And she looked at him and she said, "Um, you haven't lost everything. You haven't lost me. Hmm. And he looked at her and he said, no, I haven't lost everything. I have lost, I haven't lost you and I haven't lost the children. And so they pulled up their sleeves (laughs) and they're still working on it. That's what love in family, that's what's beautiful. It's beautiful the nice days. Yeah. But the difficult days can be even more beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Because that draws out maybe levels of love that you hadn't lived before. Yeah, because love is giving. Love isn't, um, love doesn't reason. Love doesn't calculate. Love doesn't remember the good it has done. Love doesn't remember the offenses received. Doesn't put conditions. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like St. Paul, what you're saying. Well, no, it's not St. Paul. It's Jesus. <laughs> huh. No. And, and God made man is the example of love. And it's always an ideal. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> uh, when... When I see and celebrate the marriage of a young couple mm-hmm. and they're radiant and they walk down the aisle and they're smiling and they're holding hands afterwards and they're, they're all joy. Then 25 years later, I have them walking <laughs> down the aisle. Uh, some of them are holding hands. <laughs> some are barely holding hands. And... Uh, I've seen more people cry celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary than celebrating their wedding. Wow. Hmm. 
but then to celebrate the 50th anniversary of marriage and walk down the aisle with children and grandchildren and there's such a peaceful bliss in the old couple as they walk towards the altar because with the grace of God and the love that they've given to one another, mm-hmm. they've made it. Yeah. Hmm. No? Hmm. And they've given so much, so much fruit has come from their, their fidelity and their love. Yeah, and, and love is, love is essentially in the family, giving. Mm-hmm. When I ask the young couples preparing for marriage, I say, what do you want? out of marriage why why are you getting married mm-hmm. and the most beautiful answer is always I want to make this person happy for the rest of their lives oh. I want my wife to be happy I want my husband to be happy mm-hmm. I want my children to be happy and then we say well what's happiness it's mm-hmm. a great question And happiness is the greatest happiness in the life of a man, of a woman, of a child, is feeling loved, knowing that you're loved and loving. I know for me, and a lot of people talk about this, that our image of God the Father Mm. a lot of times comes from the relationship we have with our dad, with our parents. Uh And... Uh, I'm very blessed to come from a loving family with loving parents. Um, I think all three of us are. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Absolutely. Um, but when I imagine unconditional love, because it's, it's so hard to wrap our brains around it because we're so limited. Yeah. Like, what does it mean that no matter what I do, God's love is still infinitely pouring out over me? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, me the best image is going back to my experience of being a son of my mom and dad in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and But thinking about our, our family, uh, just because... Like in the world or with, yeah, in, on a work or school, it can seem like it's very competitive and I'm appreciated because I get good grades. I'm appreciated because for what we do. I'm effective. Yeah. Uh-huh. What I, yeah, what we do. Right. But in a family, we're loved because who we are and even despite yeah. who we are because our family knows us better yeah. than anyone. Yeah. So if they can love us, then... Yeah, and that's really what you just said, Brother Luke, is really important. We have to love people for who they are, not for what they do. Yes, and also... Um, we can love people so much that we want to help them to be better. Hmm. Right. We love you as you are. Right. Uh-huh. And our love is so strong that we want you to be a better person. Yes. So Father, I think that segues into raising your kids in the family. So do you have, I'm sure you have experience of helping parents or like, I don't know, mom comes to you and says, Father, what am I supposed to do with my son or my daughter? there's something wrong or they're a disaster. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Uh-huh. But um, like, it's not easy today. It's never been easy to raise your kids strong in their faith, strong in their values. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What's, do you, have you found a secret that you want to share well, with everyone? <laughs> um, children see lots of things in the home. And uh, some things they remember and some things they don't remember. But I've never known anybody who doesn't remember seeing their parents kneel down together and pray. Hmm. A child who sees his mother and father on their knees at home at prayer will never forget it. Hmm. There's something in our psychological makeup 
-hmm. placed there by God. That is a religious sense. That is spirituality. And when children see that in their mother and father, no matter what happens to them in life, no matter what they do, and maybe they go off course, but they will always remember a mother and father at knees, on their knees mm -hmm. at prayer. Mm -hmm. Isn't it strange? Yeah. Hmm. There's so many other things that happen in their life, but that's something that, yes. that stays forever. Right. Um, well, we have so many examples of mothers and fathers who pray and pray constantly. And, uh, what about in your, your own parents, Father, your own family? Do you have... Do you have well, I remember when Mother and Father came to see me the last time in Rome. That was just before they celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. Wow. wow. I suppose Father was about 85 and Mother was 83. And they stayed in a little apartment in front of the parish church. And they had to cross the Aurelia, which is... Uh, a busy road. It's mm -hmm. one of the first... It's the first Roman road. Oh, All okay. roads lead to Rome. The first Roman road is the Aurelia. So there was a traffic lights that they had to press a button to cross the road. And I remember there's a, a little shop at the other side of the road near the traffic lights. And um, my mother and father came across. And uh, about an hour later, the owner of the shop came into my office. And he is not one who went to, came in very often into the church even. And he said, Father, I just had to come to tell you how lovely it was to see your parents, an old couple, walking across the road holding hands. Hmm. Wow. So that would be one example. But there are so many other examples. And then when there be discussions, and I said to Mother, because I was speaking with young people and preparing them for marriage, and I said, Mother, how did you manage discussions with Father? Because you're both quite different. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, I'd go and look in the mirror. In the mirror? She said, yes, <laughs> I'd look in the mirror and say, well, I'm no great shakes. <laughs> Humility. Wow. Humility. Uh -huh. that's, that's a good lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humility <laughs> is truth. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. You can't escape what who you are. What a beautiful testimony. And Father, I want to, there's a, an enemy, maybe you could say, to be dramatic, of the family today and of the faith which is secularism. It's like building a society where the most important things is not, no longer God, but it's success and, I don't know, money, fame. Right. Uh, All the worldly categories. Yeah. And how do, you, how do you today in 2020 help kids to overcome making those values uh, number one in their lives rather than their faith? Because obviously... It needs to be swapped. And when God is in the first place, everything else kind of fits into place. Especially helping parents to help their kids to achieve that, right? Because that must be a huge battle that parents have to, have to fight. It's a huge battle. It's about individualism. And it's about uh, thinking and looking for yourself. And it's natural that we think and look for ourselves. But children are taught uh, the satisfaction of giving, of giving to others. Um, individualism and egoism uh, leaves us with a hunger for goodness. Um, it's individualism leaves us empty. Uh -huh. Doing good, thinking of others, 
and sacrificing ourselves for others is the door to a fuller life. And even in our secular society, we find that it is hungry to feel good mm-hmm. giving. Yes. And so we have uh, volunteer corps and we have people wanting to do good for others. And they're, they're kind of lost because they lack a spiritual depth. Uh-huh. So giving to God and giving to others. I remember Grandpa, that would have been Father's father. He used to tell us, <laughs> life is about getting to heaven. And he'd say, you have to start from when you're a child to build your house in heaven. Mm-hmm. And you can build a house that's just about okay. Or you can build a house with golden bricks. And so he taught us, and Mm. we were taught, to make golden bricks to build our house in heaven. Uh And I remember as young fellows, we were about five, six, seven, Uh after making a sacrifice, we would say, that was a golden brick (laughs) for our house in heaven. I'm sure you've got a castle by now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm still at it. I'm still at it. Yeah, adding on like a second or third bedroom. Yes, because I don't want to be alone. Yep, there yeah, you go. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So our life as priests uh-huh. is about bringing our parishioners and bringing our people to heaven with us uh-huh. and having a mighty house for <laughs> Amen. Right. I mean, Father, so I wanted to talk about how we, you, so you are a priest now, and Brother Andrew and I are, are getting there. On the way. Um, we give up having a family of our own, so we're not going to get married, as everyone knows. We have to take a vow of celibacy, uh, chastity. So... Are, do we give that up? Like, are we just uh, without we just, left yeah. out of having a family? Or how have you experienced having a family in some way as a priest? God has made every man to be a father. And God has made every woman to be a mother. There's a, a psychological fiber running through our human nature that calls us to be a father and calls us to be a mother. And we as priests are no less father mm-hmm. or no less mother if we give our lives as consecrated to God. Our vocation to be father, and people call us father. Mm-hmm. Now, I was, um, I was in the Holy Land uh, participating in a course, a renewal course for priests as a, as a spiritual father. And I'd sent photographs to the families in the parish and one of the families sent back a photo sent back a photo of the family and they said father hugh for you, for us you are our papa you are our father <laughs> and so many people will say oh well father hugh he's my priest <laughs> or they'll say claiming you as their own <laughs> father hugh you're part of the family and um, this fatherhood of ours And fatherhood of families is reflected, is a reflection of God as father. Mm -hmm. Every father receives, participates in the fatherhood of God as father. Mm -hmm. And every mother receives her vocation of motherhood Mm -hmm. through God our father Mm -hmm. and through Mary our mother. 
And um, we as priests are called, it's, it's more than a call, it's a gift. It's a gift to participate in the fatherhood of God. Mm-hmm. It's a gift to participate in the sponsor vocation of God in Christ in his love for people and love the church. Mm-hmm. You know, to love in Christ is beautiful. It's a love without frontiers. Mm-hmm. We're fathers of the bad guy. We're fathers of the arrogant guy. We're fathers of the selfish. We're fathers of the weak. We're fathers of the poor. We're fathers of the rich. We're fathers of fathers. And when we think of a mother and a father, no, our children don't always come out well. <laughs> but it takes nothing away from the beautiful vocation the loving vocation of a father and a mother. In fact, uh, a mother and a father whose children haven't followed their way are even more fathers and mothers. And at times people will come to me crying because their children have separated from the way of God or have separated. And yet the tears are the tears of Christ. Sure. And they're the suffering of the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. So our vocation, our family vocation, is a spiritual richness that has has no frontier. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess as it's really beautiful because you said I'm thinking I'm not called, uh, I mean, know this, but to continue to reflect on it helps. I'm not called to turn off a certain part of who I am oh, as, no, as yeah, a man right. called to be a, a spouse, as a husband and mm-hmm, a father. Mm-hmm. And I don't just like throw that away when I, when I put on the cassock mm-hmm. and I have the collar, but I'm called to do, to live that yeah. fully. We're still called to give life. Yeah. And give life exactly spiritually in different, in different ways. And mm-hmm. like you said, like that person, the, the woman who said, father, you're father Hugh, you're like a papa for us. Uh, I've had, just small experiences of that and working with uh, young men and young women and um, helping with catechism at parishes, being like an older brother. That's I, I, I like to think of myself now as like an older brother. And mm-hmm. then hopefully when I'm Father Luke someday yeah. soon, I'll uh-huh. be more like a uh-huh. young dad, you know. Uh-huh. But to be an older brother for these young men and women is so rewarding. Yeah. And then I was also thinking too, as a, as a brother, so now we're all brothers, in this house, I feel like we're a big family in the Legion. Yes. I don't know, but Andrew, what do you... Yeah, I, I totally agree. Here we... My family is 230 people here in the seminary. Actually, 2,000. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. In the, in the whole... In the whole in <laughs> Brothers the abroad. Yes, but but here it's um it's a beautiful experience of family life. Um, especially, it's a, it's a beautiful experience. It's sort of like... A, a tiny taste of what heaven is going to be like, because in heaven we're all going to be from all over the world, right? And we're all going to be living in harmony around God as our rock. And I, I, th- I to be honest, like it's, you know, it's not perfect here, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful here in the seminary because we all have our different. We all come from different types of families. We all come from different cultures, but we all have this sort of like, kind of we mentioned in an earlier episode, sort of like God is like the middle of like a, a stained glass rose window. Hmm. And we're all sort of rotating around him. 
and each image is a little different. Each one is cut a little differently. A different bit of color comes through with light, but it's beautiful. And there's there's a lot of harmony. There's a lot of I, I, on a human level here with with all the brothers here. I feel I feel really blessed and really satisfied because it's like these are my brothers. Yeah, I, I just remember too the um, after like maybe my second visit home. So we have a couple of times a year, once a year, whatever depending on where you are and where your family lives, you go visit your family. And um, I remember maybe maybe the first time I was really, really excited to go back home and be with my family. And then going back to the seminary was like, okay, let's do it. Uh-huh. And maybe even yeah. the second time was like, all right, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I've made this commitment, so I'm going to go back. And I was happy, but it was maybe like three years in or so going back to, and like arriving home in the car after flying back mm-hmm. and, and seeing the brothers again, I was really excited. And I yeah. think that's, a good aspect, I'm mean, a good, a good sign that I found my vocation. Sure. When I'm excited to get back to the community here in Rome now, but before DC or in Connecticut. Absolutely. Um, and and talk to the fathers. Hey, what have you been doing? And share with them my experience with my family, who I love so much. And it doesn't take away from that. But we're also all called to start our new family. You know. Yeah. Uh, start families. And so I think in the Legion we have, yeah, we 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 do have a very beautiful family. Yes. Well, uh, um, in my home, my house. We were six children, mm-hmm. five boys. Oh, poor girl. <laughs> and the girl was the last. Oh, man. So she's the princess uh-huh. and the untouchable. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so much princess and so much untouchable, she decided not to get married. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's consecrated her life to God in wow. the Regnum Christi. Okay. And she's actually in Chicago. Oh. No. But I, I remember uh, the three of us, the three consecrated ones, were together with mother and father. And in a very intimate, a very beautiful conversation, mother and father turned to us and they said, you guys are always ours. Your brothers have formed their own families. And um, they have the wife and they have their children. But um, we feel that you guys are always ours. And I said, um, yeah, but we have our family too. <laughs> and they said, yes. In a special way, your family is our family. I remember coming back from the missions and coming in to the house and greeting mother and father, and I'd been away for a few years, and I remember father said to me, and how are my boys? And I said, <laughs> what do you mean, your boys? And he said, well, with your brothers, I have grandchildren, but with you, I have so many. <laughs> Inn- innumerable. Yeah. 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 Spiritual, of course. Yeah. For those of you who yeah, didn't disclaimer. catch that. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember, I remember helping a, a, a couple. Uh, she came into me crying and she told me that her child in her womb was, um, was to be... Stillborn? Autistic. Oh, okay. Hmm. And that would be... She already had an autistic child. And then she told me that the child would be autistic... The doctors had just told her, and they had advised her to get an abortion. Hmm. And she came into me, and she was crying, and she said, I'm in the wrong place to ask hmm. for advice and help, because I know what you're going to tell me. Yeah. And I said to her, I can only tell you I love you. And wow, I can an only answer. tell you that uh, you already have a sick child. We don't want a sick mother. We don't want a damaged mother. No. 
But um, let's look at this medically and seriously. And I had the uh, cell telephone of Professor Noya, who'd be uh, probably one of the f experts in the world on uh, pre-birth pre uh -huh. diagnostic. Mm -hmm. A very good man. And he gave me his mobile phone number for any emergency. And I gave her the hmm. phone number. And uh, she didn't ring him for three days. Then she rang him. And she came back to me. And she came to me and she said, That doctor you sent me to, I found a lovely man. Hmm. And he's told me that my child will not be autistic that the cyst on the baby in the womb will disappear over the period of mm -hmm. gestation. gestation. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the baby was born. Mm. And I baptized the baby. Mm. And in the baptism, you, you bless the ears and the mouth. Okay. And she said to me, do it again. <laughs> And then she said to me, Father Hugh, this boy's your baby. Hmm. And I said, don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no? Wow. So the beauty of a priest who can be close yes. to the people, or people who can be close to their priest. Right. No? Because the, the human family, with God as father, and Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, as our Savior, as our brother, as our friend. And the Holy Spirit who guides us to know God as Father and to know Jesus as being so very close. Mm -hmm. There is nothing can separate God's love from us. No matter what we do mm -hmm. in life, yeah. no matter who we are, he can never love us less. Right. And that's the ideal mm -hmm. of a mother and father. And it's the ideal of children. Mm. To love their parents, learning from God's love. So, Father, speaking of ideals, to wrap up this episode... Of Family Smatters. Family Smatters. Bits and reflections about things that matter. So... How can these our listeners take these bits and reflections about things that matter about the family matters. and put them into action? Can you give a few uh, maybe practical points or a challenge to our listeners? Yeah, because and to give like context, like these families, people who are listening now, they've we've all been under lockdown, right, for yes. at least a month, maybe a little bit longer, and you know they've we've been together in an intimate way as a family you know, for several weeks now. What can we do to process our experience together as a, as well, a family? Well, there is an experience which might be somewhat similar. Okay. You know, it's called the, the, it's called the incarnation. Hmm. When we think that God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord, lived in heaven, in the glory of heaven, and out of love, he became locked down on earth <laughs> and his lockdown on earth had good days and bad days sure and uh, he learned to show people how to love and was loved 
and had so many days of happiness and joy during his ministry and had days of great suffering and great sorrow. At one stage he said, Father, if it is possible, take away from me this chalice. And then he said, no, I'm going to stick it out. Hmm. I'm going to stick it out. Why are you going to stick it out? I'm going to stick it out because the most important thing in my life is my love for you. And that's where they get the strength. Yeah. Um, it's not always visible. And each one of us are as we are. We have our individual characters. We have our idiosyncrasies. And, um, but Christ Jesus is the model, the example, and the criterion. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good uh, exercise during this month to ask, what is God's plan for my family. So if I'm the dad or I'm the, the, the wife or the, even the kid say, maybe get together with everyone and yeah. say, what is, what idea or what plan might God have? Not just for me as an individual, but for us as a family, as a family. Yeah. that could be a cool exercise. Take 15 minutes with your whole family, 20 minutes yeah, and say, all right, guys, what, like, where are we going? Where are we going? What are our, what are our values? What, are, why are we just here together? Because, well, dad can, dad can get the money for us. Mom can, help or have her job or the kids go to get education. Like it's not so that just, goes back it, to what we do. Right. That's right? what we do, but it's not who we are as a family. Yeah. And I, I think we can, as a legionary family, we can do something similar, but to like always have to ask that question. What is, what is God's plan? So to end this episode, we always end father, father Hugh with a, uh, our catchphrase of TGIFF, which is we don't just do, we do <laughs> So I don't know. Can you, can you say that to, for all of our listeners and then we'll, we'll wrap up. We don't only do, we do That's right. There you have it. That's right. right. Probably you, Ryan. <laughs> okay. It's been great to be with you. Yeah. And um, our families are our domestic church. Our families are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And being close to God, we can be closer to one another. And we try to do that and give witness that life is beautiful even with its difficulties and even with its crosses. And our life is a pathway to heaven. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all.